0: We have another top 15 battle at the Mullen Center. This time comes in a super rare Wednesday night game. UMass versus Merrimack. We're getting you guys ready for all the action on Wednesday. Let's go. everybody and welcome to episode 57 of high character very quick turnaround for umass we get the odd weekday hockey east game playing merrimack on a wednesday night at mullins my name is cameron and i am joined by my good pal evan evan how you feeling man
1: i'm feeling good um definitely a little bit of a different thing kind of schedule wise i don't know it just seems a little awkward to have a game on a wednesday but i think me and you were both kind of thinking it's a Wednesday, man. I don't know. Like, can we kind of fit this into our schedules and we kind of both caved last minute and said, yeah, we'll make the trip up. So definitely the vibes are, are definitely good going into this game. Um trying to close out, I think the season series at this point, we've already played them twice earlier on in the season. So, and that that went one to one for both teams. So right now we could get some crucial hockey East points against a, I guess what would be considered a pretty surprisingly solid team this season. Like, Definitely looking back earlier on in the season, I was kind of upset when we split the series one-to-one, but obviously knowing that they're ranked 11th now, I mean, things things are a little bit different. I think the context is a bit different. So super excited for tomorrow night's game. And uh, yeah, it'll be a really, really important one, especially against a very, very solid pairwise opponent as well.
0: Yeah. It's the third and final meeting between UMass and Merrimack in the regular season. Merrimack, like you said, having a very solid season. They're number 11 in the country right now. Kind of a surprise if you were, if you saw the preseason polls for hockey East, they weren't picked to, to be that up there, but they're seven and two in conference right now. So really showing out and their record overall is 11 and four. So they're having a very good season so far and UMass, not too far behind. They're coming in ranked number 13 in the country. So yet again, this uh, strong UMass schedule rear in its head, we got another ranked matchup for both sides.
1: Yeah. It's it, when you mentioned, when you mentioned the, uh, the strength of schedule, I saw a post, I think it might've been Fight mass that put it up. And he said on Twitter, basically like, I think 75% of the games we've played so far this season have been against top 15 teams. Like, Holy shit, man. You know, like <laughs> I, we were kind of thinking like when we did the, the season preview, like this was going to be like a pretty solid stretch of games, but like not to this level, you know what I mean? Like, that's absolutely insane. So, I mean, I had, I had one clown talking on a, on Twitter a couple of days ago. I think he was a UConn fan and he was roasting UMass for not having the greatest hockey East standings. And it's like, dude, with the amount of competition that we've played so far and like, he he was so confused about why we were ranked so highly. It's like learn how pairwise works because it's like, we play extremely, extremely good teams day in and day out. And, I think people aren't really giving Hockey East the, the respect that it deserves right now. You know, like a lot of the other conferences are really top loaded with talent, but Hockey East is, in my opinion, by far the most deep conference when it comes to just overall talent across the entire conference. So I think, uh, yeah, I mean, we get tested a lot, and this Merrimack game is just going to be another one of those.
0: Yeah, UMass has strength to schedule really strong. And after this game, it finally lightens up this is the last game before the annual uh december break the team will get 21 days off before their next game um and then the next five opponents after that are all unranked um actually four opponents uh they'll have the the quick trip holiday Faceoff in wisconsin uh clarkson lake superior state and wisconsin are all unranked um then they have brown and bc in the frozen fenway game so all of those teams uh kind of lesser than what they've been playing this year. And on the Merrimack side, just looking through their schedule, they have a lot of wins. Obviously, they're 11-4. and four, But uh, their schedule kind of seems like a little cupcake schedule to me. I don't know. They, they have games against St. Lawrence, Clarkson, UNH, Colgate, BC, Maine, Holy Cross, Sacred Heart. So a lot of opponents that are unranked and that you expect to beat coming in. They do have, um, obviously, the overtime win against UMass. They have a 7-3 to win against UConn, which is pretty impressive, and uh, they swept BC, so um, a couple headline wins, but other than that, their schedule uh, is kind of the stark opposite to what UMass has been this year.
1: Yeah, I mean, looking through their schedule, the only two really solid teams that they've played against so far are UMass and UConn, like you're playing against the likes of Maine, no offense to Ben Barr and his boys, but like, come on, it's Maine, they're still not at the level that would really garner any sort of crazy amount of respect when you look at the schedule. Same thing with UNH, and I mean, they're out of conference games, like Colgate, eh, no offense to Elliott McDermott, but like, Colgate, eh, you know, St. Lawrence, no, no, no disrespect to Greg Carvel's old team, but it's like, None of these teams are really popping out as, you know, anything crazy pair wise, you know, wise, if that's even a term, you know what I mean? But yeah, they've, you know, really haven't beat anybody. And I think it's quite reassuring that the team that, you know, really gave them the the most trouble this season has been us and we're going to be playing them again. So I think we have, as usual, when it comes to genuinely any game against Merrimack with us we have a really good shot. It's going to be a really close game, but we also, you know, recently have fared very well against them. So I feel very good going into tomorrow night's game.
0: Yeah. And if you listen to the, um, the preview episode for the last series against Merrimack, we detailed how uh, all of these games that UMass plays against them seem to be one goal games so far this season, it's been no different. Uh, Both games ended in OT UMass won their home game in OT Merrimack won their home game in OT. So Every single time these two teams play, it's very close and kind of hard to expect anything different from that coming up on Wednesday.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, we always play them very, very tightly. I think Merrimack has just been a defensive stalwart this season, you know, as they have been in most other seasons. But I think their main difference this season is that they figured out how to score like very, very well. You know, I think they, they have more goals than us this season. They have routinely put up at least five goals against their opponents like that's absolutely nuts to see like they they hung seven goals up on UConn just last game like what the hell I mean again a lot of the times that they're scoring five goals it's against kind of like the who teams like again Colgate, UNH, Holy Cross, Maine like those those are teams that you got to expect to score a fair amount of goals on but yeah I definitely think that uh regardless of who they've played so far even in the games where they're playing against really really solid opponents like UMass and UConn they've done their thing as well so they they're going to be dangerous regardless
0: yeah absolutely and leading the charge for them Alex Jeffries he has 20 points already this season which is uh incredible that's six goals and 14 assists if you look up and down their lineup like you already kind of mentioned uh, a lot of scoring uh they put up the seven spot on UConn so uh they're they're pretty deep in They'll definitely give that UMass defense that's led up a lot of shots of the season a pretty big test,
1: yeah. I mean, usually we like to think, you know we we like to talk about the the top tier guys on on the teams a lot, but I mean, this team has a fair amount of depth, too. You know, they have I'm seeing five guys in the double digits already, which is very respectable. you know what I mean, like usually at this point in the season, you might see a couple of guys, you know, maybe two or three, but you know, because usually it'll be the top three forwards of the team, most likely, but they got all five forwards you know what i mean like their 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 they're defense which has been led by the infamous slava demin uh, <laughs> oddly enough uh, he is uh, their defensive point leader which you never th- i never thought i would catch myself saying that in my entire life but here we are and slava demin's coming back and biting us in the ass once again <laughs> but uh yeah no definitely they are they're putting up points in bunches and their plus minus has been as a team, extremely extremely solid, just because they're also very very solid defensively. I think that's kind of mainly been up to their uh, their goaltending personally, in my opinion. But yeah, I think just they're again a super solid team.
0: Yeah, and that's uh, Hockey East Defensive Player of the Week, Slava Diman, to you. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I hate that. On the UMass side, um, we in throughout the beginning of the season, we've detailed how the scoring is pretty spread out throughout um that lineup and lately it seemed like it's kind of um we're seeing a couple guys stand out kenny connors leads the way he's got 16 points seven goals and nine assists a couple other guys uh like taylor mccarr uh reed lebster they're kind of taking that step above the rest of the team just uh, a couple handful of guys that uh are starting to score in bunches for umass lately
1: yeah, I mean again, I mean, I just mentioned how Merrimack kind of had their five guys in the double digits, but so do we. And two of those guys are actually defensemen. So I think that's really, really solid to see. Um, I think we kind of at least spread our scoring out a bit better positionally as well. I think we we tend to use our defensemen, especially both Ufko and Moro, in a more offensive mindset. So I mean, we 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 have our 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 firepower as well, you know what I mean? And I think one of the keys is going to be to make sure that we protect Pavisic. You know, I don't want to get into the keys too much yet. Obviously we have our time for that, but I mean, yeah, I think this is going to be a, a crazy defensive matchup. You know, like I'd like to give myself somewhat of a pat on the back from last game where I said that it was going to be an offensive matchup between Lowell and, and UMass. And I think that happened. It, you know, you can have a very offensive game without there being much scoring. If your goaltenders are just absolutely popping off on both ends of the ice which is exactly what we saw. I think this game is going to be a bit of the opposite. I think both teams are going to be really digging their heels in trying to, you know, make sure that they can protect their goalies as much as possible because, you know, we, as, as, as well as we played against Lowell, I think sometimes, you know, you really got to focus up on your end of the ice too, because we, we relied on Pavisic to make a lot of really, really good saves last game. And I think we, we don't, we we noticed that and I think we really want to try and limit that going forward, you know? Yeah. I, but yeah.
0: Yeah. We'll switch over to the goalie. So uh, you mentioned Pavisic um, last week, Carvel saying that Pavisic is the guy going forward. So surely we'll see him in net on Wednesday against Merrimack. His numbers are pretty solid this year. 11 games started. He has 2.2 goals per game and a 934 save percentage. So, um, Seems like there's a little bit of a discrepancy between that goals per game and the uh, stellar save percentage. And that's just due to UMass giving up a lot of shots and making him make a lot of saves, kind of like what we saw against Lowell on Saturday. So um, with this offense for Merrimack, he'll definitely have his work cut out for him again, I think.
1: Yeah, and I wouldn't even call those stats pretty solid. I'd say they're damn good. Like that, that right there, if you're over a 930 save percentage, you're doing something right. You know, that's simple as that. I think... He's definitely, you know, we've already kind of talked about it. He's the guy, you know what I mean? He, he earned it. His stats show it. You know, there's really no other way around it. Um, he played out of his mind against Lowell. You know, honestly, in both games against Lowell that we've seen this season, he was playing very, very solid. And, uh, yeah, I mean, more power to him. You know, I think we've put him recently in a very, very solid position to, to you know, kind of succeed. But he has to hold up his end of the bargain, too, and I think he's really been doing that super well so far this season.
0: Yeah, he definitely has. And then on the Merrimack side, they have two guys that seem like they split their time. Zachary Borgiel has six games started, uh, 9.30 save percentage, and 1.84 goals per game. Uh, The other guy, Hugo Olas, nine games started, 9.25 save percentage, and a 1.80 goals per game average. Both of those guys have really phenomenal stats. I kind of wonder how much is due to um, the lower quality of opponents that they're facing, but um, nonetheless, both have phenomenal stats this year.
1: And I think the funny thing to mention that you didn't yet is the fact that Zach Borgel is undefeated this season, which is super odd to me. Like his, the stats for both goalies are rather similar and he actually has less games played, but I don't know if it's just a case of, maybe he plays, you know, you know, the late, you know, the second game of like a two game series and maybe he gets like the more tired version of the team the next day out or whatever. But I find it super interesting that he has less games played, but he's won all six of the games that he's played so far. I think that's super weird. I think the, the last time that Merrimack played us, I want to say it was Olas. He might've played both games. I don't remember off the top of my head. Someone might have to correct me if they're listening to this. Um, DM me or whatever you know if you feel the need to. But I think Olas played both of those games when he played against us before. I don't see why it would be any different. Um, it seems like he's kind of been, you know, dude's like six foot eight. He's already massive as it is, and he already has the the NHL draft pedigree. So I don't see why they wouldn't kind of go with him. But yeah, super interesting stat. I just wanted to point out the fact that Borgel is in fact undefeated this season. So maybe they could ride with that and say you know let, let, let's let's put the streak to the test and see if it comes out on top against UMass. I have no idea.
0: Yeah, and uh all the goalies performing well in the meetings between these two teams this year. Um the final score of each of the games was 3 to 2 uh, at UMass and then 2 to 1 at Merrimack. Um that one at Merrimack Cole Grady started so that's a little bit of an outlier. Yep. But uh so you can see all the all the goalies doing pretty well so far against these two teams. Um what are you thinking for keys to this game? What do you got?
1: Like I was saying before, I think defense is going to be paramount. I think we we understand that regardless of who Merrimack has played this season, they've they've shown a tendency to put up goals. You know, they, they know how to score, which seems a bit uncharacteristic because the times that I've seen this team play in the past, you know, four or five years or whatever, they seem to be more of a gritty kind of, you know, chip and chase they're, they're going to get their two goals and try and hold you to one kind of like a Quinnipiac type team. Um, I think, I, I just think that we really need to try and protect Pavicic as much as possible, like limit outside shots, or I should say limit shots just to the outside um, and just limit the high danger chances. You know what I mean? Like stay respectful of the, of the other team on defense, really just, you know, always have a man back, no breakaways, no odd man rushes, no sort of you know crazy turnover type plays and I don't know if you're going to mention this but we we've seen it recently penalties penalties have been a huge thing I think you know as much I don't want to make this about the refs again you know but we gave up six penalty kills last game and we killed off five of them you know that's huge I think our penalty kill has been really good but you can't rely on that all the time you know what I mean you have to be able to give your team a fighting chance and you know give yourselves the ability to score and you're not going to do that when you're shorthanded, unless you're playing against Denver in the beginning of the season. Then you can get two shorthanded goals pretty easily and then win the game. But you can't expect that any time. I'm trying to be funny here, but uh, yeah, no, I, th- I think those are some pretty big keys to the game, in my opinion.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, for me, I one stat that jumped out at me was faceoff percentages. UMass, um, always pretty solid. They're at fifty-two point two percent this year. Merrimack's at forty-six point six. So I I think that's a category that UMass needs to absolutely dominate mm-hmm. to have a good outcome in this game. Another um, spot that I was looking at, UMass, uh, they're, they kind of live and die by their goaltending this season. Their defense really hasn't helped out all that much, and the stats back it up. UMass goalies have had to make 488 saves this year, and their opponent's goalies have had to make 359. So there's a huge discrepancy in the number of shots that the opponents are getting off on UMass, um, kind of uncharacteristic for a coach Carville team to have a defense that gives up that many chances. And uh, I think that needs to change as we move towards the second half of the season, because uh, relying so heavily on your goaltender, having uh, a stellar performance mm-hmm. every night, especially when he's a sophomore who is getting starting minutes for the first time in, in at the college level, it's really tough to do. So um, I definitely want to see the UMass defense try to limit the shot chances for these opponents going forward.
1: Yeah, I completely agree. But I think if if I want to play the more realistic role here, I want to think that that's just going to come in time. I think just because our defense is so young right now, you know, you also got to remember too, we're missing Wyndon Alger, who granted has just started to play a, a pretty pivotal role in the defense as of this year. But he's a junior all the same. You know what I mean? He's, he's a more mature player. He's bigger body, bigger guy. He can get in front of shots a little bit better. He's just bigger frame. You know what I mean? He's grown into it a lot better. So I think, you know, just with the overall youth and inexperience of the defense, we're going to have these growing pains. And I think we're lucky to have, you know, guys like Pavic that can, you know, really shoulder those sorts of, you know, burdens, I guess, from the team at, at pivotal moments. And, help win us games I think that's huge but I completely agree with you that it's not going to last forever you know what I mean like there, there's definitely going to something's going to have to give and I think we're definitely going to have to play better as a unit but um yeah I just kind of wanted to give my my two cents as to maybe why that is the case but I completely agree it does have to change
0: yeah if you, if you just think about a, a playoff game um, you're going to get a good opponent every time and if you're Giving up that many shots, you're relying on your goalie to stand on his head every single time. And we gotta we gotta give Pavisich a little break if he's mm-hmm. definitely the guy going forward. So certainly. Um, I did had a I had a very strong premonition about what's gonna happen in this game, just based on uh, both both the earlier meetings this year, both overtime outcomes. I have a very strong feeling this one's gonna go to overtime just because they're always one goal games with Merrimack. I think Scott Morrow is due to bury one. So I think he's going to do Ooh. it in overtime. That's just my my prediction. I don't always give predictions, but I just felt like this one was too strong for me to not say.
1: I like that. I like that. I, I personally did not have a premonition. I don't want to pretend like I had one just to match you with a cool prediction. So I'm going to hold my tongue on this one, but I trust that you're correct. And I really, really am interested to see how that shakes out. It's not going to be good for my heart rate and it's not going to be good for my anxiety watching the game, but if it ends up being a winner at the end of the day, I'll be happy. Question, though, in that premonition, did he do a between-the-legs dangle on a breakaway to score? No. He didn't. All right, so he's he smartened it's a, it's up and he a
0: it. It's a screened wrister from the high slot.
1: On a three-on-three, three, he's going to shoot a wrister, and it's going to that's a little ballsy. I, think, I, I, think I don't know. He, I'm just feeling it. If he does that, I'm going to be – literally crapping my pants wondering what the hell he's doing and then when the goal horn goes off and I see just us doing the the hey 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 goal chant it's gonna it's gonna be great I'm gonna be super happy but until that happens I'm gonna be extremely nervous until then so we'll see
0: yeah definitely expect a close game on Wednesday um, these two teams really shown us that you can't expect anything different than, than that at this point so very true um, all right, I think that was everything we had to get you guys ready for this one. Like Evan said, we made the last minute decision that we'll be in the building. Uh, don't expect a huge crowd for this one. So we'll try to bring as much energy as we can to the Mullen Center, but uh, hope to see a good student turnout and as always a good game between these two. So thank you guys again for listening. Go UMass.
1: Go UMass. Take care, everybody. And let's hope for some better reps this time around. Whew, that's for sure.